Evans instead. Martinez has the first down. Adrian Martinez. Unreal effort tonight for Kansas State. Did that just happen on third and forever? How? Well, what happened was that second game, we got our ass kicked, or the second half. We just got our ass totally kicked. We couldn't do diddly poo offensively. We couldn't make a first down. We couldn't run the ball. We didn't try to run the ball. We couldn't complete a pass. We sucked. The second half, we sucked. We couldn't stop the run. Every time they got the ball, they went down and got points. We got our ass totally kicked in the second half. That's what it boiled down to. It was a horse performance in the second half. Horse I'm totally embarrassed and totally ashamed. Coaching, we're all, all, our coaching did a horrible job. The players did a horrible job. We got our ass kicked in that second half. It sucked. It stunk. Okay. Well, there you go. Well put, Coach. Appreciate that. Um, thanks for chiming in on the show. Hopefully we don't have to hear from you again this season, but <laughs> always kidding. nice for you to stop by. Uh, there you go. That pretty much sums it all up. It was ugly. Um, defense, they started bad and really got worse as it went from there. Yeah. <laughs> they did. I mean, they, they found a couple of plays and got some stops there in the middle portion of that football game. But when they absolutely had to have it late, couldn't come up with any type of uh i mean they had a couple of really nice negative plays and had them in that third and 16 and just you know couldn't get off the field i mean if we would have compiled a list on friday of all the things that cannot go wrong on saturday um every single one of those happened you couldn't consistently be in third and shorts against this kansas state offense felt like that was the case all night long um, you can't give up long third down conversions on the times you have them there. Seemingly that happened every single time. Even early in the game when they had like a third and 12. They just, that game went the exact way that Kansas State wanted to go. And OU never had an answer could get the momentum back, man. You know, yeah. you go back and look at that game and you just say, man, there's a few times where you're just so close from capturing the momentum, kind of really getting the crowd into it, and you feel like you might take off and, Every time you did that, they'd have a big kickoff return or you'd have a five-yard penalty. It's just – it was it was all bad. I mean, there's just not a whole lot of good to look at it. And, and I, I mean, more than anything, I'm stunned at just the overall tackling of how poor yep. it was. Yep. Do you know how many three and outs the OU defense forced? Um, did they force one three and out the whole game? They actually forced four – Three and outs. Didn't feel like it. I know. Um, the first two drives, first play, first drive, 12 plays, touchdown. Uh, second drive, seven plays, 80 yards, touchdown. Then they go three and out, three and out, three and out. Right? And then Oklahoma scores after that final three and out to tie it at 14. And that's whenever we've got some really good momentum, right? We... We forced three three and outs in a row. Um, defense or offense goes down, scores a touchdown. It's tied. Place is rocking. Here we go. We're about to jump all over these guys. Kick return out to the uh, 42 on the opposite side, 60-yard kick return. 
and they go 11 plays, 42 yards for a touchdown to jump up 21-14, and we can't answer. We go late plays, and we turn at what should have been a touchdown drive into um, a, a field goal situation because of penalties. Yep. We, you know, we're going to go for it on fourth down, and we all jump off sides and, you know, have to kick a, a long field goal there. And then Kansas State's able to get a field goal there before half. So, like, we had the chance to grab the momentum, jump up in the football game, and the special teams hurt us. And then we shot ourselves in the foot with the penalty on offense. And then we start off the next half by a field goal. Then we force a punt, force a field goal, force a punt. And it feels like. You know, we, we've settled in. In the middle of this game, defensively, we've settled in. We're, you know, they're getting some plays, they're getting some drives, but we're able to force field goals here, able to force some punts, and that's whenever our offense kind of had those miscues. And and then, obviously, at the end, it it devolved. Whenever we, we couldn't make up that ground, couldn't ever get on top, we began to get desperate as, as the fourth quarter un, unfolded, and weren't able to make those those plays we needed. But, I mean, it was right there for the taking the entire time. Yeah, no, as it felt like bad it. as it we played. Like I know it felt like it, man. It really did. Um, this text says you have to win on first down against Kansas State. If they Agreed. get to second, nine, or ten, they aren't great. True, but, again, like, you had them third and 12. I remember they converted early. A third and 16. They converted on a few third and longs. Like that, that is an accurate statement on this Kansas State team. And this defense right. still couldn't figure out a way off the field. Well, and and that brings me to uh, another thing that we've talked about a little bit. You know, whenever we're we're talking about Dylan Gabriel, and you know, you're, you're nitpicking there on some of that stuff for sure. But you know, there's a little bit more there than than I think what people are talking about, and what you have to look out look at is third down which in the game against kansas state on third down let me pull it up real they quick they were eight we were, of 17 or are you talking about the offense our offense uh, four yeah, of 13 four, four of 13 on third down yeah four of 13 now this is the one thing we are used to being the best third down team in the big 12 and it really ain't even close right now we are not very good. No. They were good last week against Nebraska, but outside that, yeah, they've really struggled. We are we're we're not even you know, we're I think we're sixth in the in the conference through four games. You know who's number one? Kansas. Sixty six percent on third down. They are thirty of forty five on third down. They're number one by a huge margin. I think Jalen Daniels is number one in a lot of uh categories as a quarterback as well. well I think no QB doubt. efficiency, I think he might be number one in the country. But yeah, yep. no, I hey, both sides, man. They gotta be and we talk about time of possession. I mean, there's one of your remedies for the time of possession. I mean, K State had it for thirty five minutes. They had the football for what, about ten minutes longer than you on Saturday? Those yeah. third down numbers could help that drastically. On both sure. sides. Yep. Totally agree. Totally agree. Yeah, we had 
We had a couple of, let's see, we had, oh, my gosh. We had a drive of a minute nine, a drive of a minute. And these are punt drives. Minute nine punt, minute and six punt, uh, mm, minute and 20 punt, uh, 228 punt. Right. We didn't have any sustained drives at all. And even our touchdown drives. 52 seconds. You're looking at a yeah. minute nine, 328 for a field goal, uh, 324 for a touchdown, 123. Yeah. 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 And the, the 12 plays for 123, like, that's 75 yards and a bunch of completions, against, like check down completions against uh, a prevent defense, you know, which kind of sprinkles – Sprinkles some smell good on Dylan Gabriel's completion percentage for the night. Well, even his overall numbers, because you look at his overall numbers at the end of the night and say, oh, my gosh, yeah, he had a really good game. That's good enough to win. 26-39, 330, four touchdowns, no interceptions. Those are good numbers. It's just if you really go back and watch, it's he's he missed on about three throws. I mean, you, you expect that out of your quarterback to make. Like, yeah. I, I, look, no one, and, and this has been the point everyone's throwing out, no one expected him to be Kyler Murray. But you don't right. have to be Kyler Murray to make some of the throws that he missed on. And yep. it's not all bad from him. Again, no. I think he throws the deep ball exceptionally well. And that is absolutely going to be a major weapon within this offense. He's just got to he's got to throw the intermediate route a little bit better. Yeah. A lot better, actually. Totally agree. Totally agree. Um, you know, I, as quarterback, whenever you got the ball in your hands, every play, you're going to end up catching – you're going to end up catching criticism on some things that, you know, you otherwise wouldn't. Like, you know, if anyone else on the night played the played the game that Dylan Gabriel would, you know, we'd be we'd be talking great about him. You know, like like Eric, I thought Eric Gray played a fantastic game. I did. Um, you know, and he broke some tackles that a lot of people have been waiting on. Like, he made a couple plays in the run game, and he had a. I think they dumped it down to him on one play, and he broke a couple tackles. Uh, it was maybe the only positive of the night, but he made a couple of plays to where people were saying, "Yeah, that's what I've been waiting on from this guy." Yeah, yeah, he um, he outperformed Deuce Vaughn. Deuce had twenty five carries for one sixteen. Eric Gray had sixteen carries for one fourteen. Deuce had two catches for thirteen. Eric Gray had the seven for forty five. Now. I know a lot of those came as check downs on that on that drive late against Prevent, but still we went down and scored with that drive. So, you know, I mean, say what you want. I thought he I thought he played really well. Yeah, um, I, I don't know. Maybe you could have talked me into last week the, the defense not having a great game, but it would have been hard to convince me that Billy Bowman was going to be a guy that would really struggle. And even though and, – and he falls in the same category as Danny Stutzman. I understand that. They still haven't played a ton of football. There's still some growing pains that they might have to go through. I was, I was really surprised that especially Billy Bowman had the night that he did. Well, I think Bowman I, – I think his night ends up looking bad because he's the guy that gets caught cleaning up the yeah, mess. Yeah, he didn't get a whole lot of help up front. There's no doubt. You know, and he's coming in trying to make a play that isn't his to make, and someone else should have already accounted for it up near the line of scrimmage, and he finds himself in a ton of space on an island against what are some really good open field 
um, you know, rushers. So, yeah, it was wild. I was shocked at how easily Adrian Martinez was running away from some of our guys defensively Man, and, um, and throwing the football yeah, while he's doing it. Yeah, there was a, it was a third and 12, like the first or second series of the game. And I think it was Reggie Grimes. And it was one of those where you think like, and maybe it wasn't Reggie Grimes, I thought it was. It was one of those where you think, okay, he's going to range over and make the tackle. And I don't know if he took a bad angle on that play, but it wasn't even really close. Yeah, like it, you're, you're right though. The closing speed by some of your D linemen, your DNs, your backers—they didn't look like there didn't look like there was a whole lot of closing speed when he got outside the pocket. Well, uh, the same thing though. We had a corner blitz one time, and Jaden Davis is coming off. Comes scot free. He's coming from the defensive right, and Adrian Martinez escapes to the defensive left. And he's unblocked. He's running him down from behind. And I'm like, okay, he's going to catch up to him. Nope. He got run away from. And Adrian Martinez was able to flick it downfield as he went out of bounds and made an unbelievable throw that didn't get caught. He did. Um, Okay, so we've identified all of the issues that have happened on Saturday. And it's taken us, you know, uh, the better part of, you know, two hours to do so. Like, what's, what's this week look like then? Well, it's going to be a like a reset. You know, we're we're going to have to reset everything, get back to kind of back to the drawing board on some things and you know, I I I don't you don't have to you don't structurally change anything that you're doing offensively and defensively. I mean, on the defensive side, I, I don't I don't even know how much they have installed. Maybe they have a bunch, but I don't think you necessarily have to peel back anything what you're doing. You just you just continue to rep the stuff and coach the heck out of it. You know, put it on the players to come in and get some extra time and handle their business and, and you just gotta motor forward. I there's not gonna be a magic pill to fix everything. No. No, and uh, again, you're going up against. I think Quentin Johnson's the best wide receiver in the conference that you're going to face this year. Like that's the dude that that's the new challenge this week is going up against that guy. Stud. I don't think TCU's defense is as good as Kansas State's defense, but another massive question going into Saturday is: Will this offense be able to consistently run the ball? Will they be yeah. able to consistently get a push? Yep. No. Um, I think we I- have more questions today about this team than we ever have. Which is odd after four games, but I think that's where we're at right now. You mean ever, like, in the history of the program? No, not the history of the or program. Or just this, this season? Yeah, just this season. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's fair. I think that's fair. I, I, I don't know. You know, I feel – here's what I feel good about. I feel good about our, our wide receivers. I feel good about our backfield. I feel good about our quarterback. I feel good about our tight ends. I feel okay about our offensive line. I don't feel great about our offensive line. Um, I guess I don't even feel good about it. Like I feel I'm a, I'm a 
I'm just a flat, no emotion on the offensive line. Defensively, I feel I feel good about the defensive line. I do not feel very good about the backers right now. Yeah. I don't. Um, I feel I feel okay, like flat with the corners, and I think I feel good about the safeties. So I, th- the biggest areas of concern for me right now are offensive line, linebackers, and and uh, I guess I'd throw corners in there. Uh, let's see. Text line, getting really tired of our teams not having an identity. Well, I think the identity on offense is like they're, they want to go fast. Like that's what they do. Yeah, you know, and we talked about some of this in the offseason. Like, I like the ability to go fast as a um, as a trump card, right? As a, not necessarily a secret weapon, but as like a turbo booster. I like that. But I don't, I'm not a fan of going fast as like an identity. I, and I think, I think we heard Coach Venables talk about this at some point during the summer. Like, it's good to go fast, but like, you've got to be able to block people when you're going slow. Like, like there's a there's a, a little bit of a trick em aspect of the going fast and catch them whenever they're they're not lined up and they're not not ready to fire off the football and they're tired, and and there's something to that. But there's going to come a point where you have to be able to line up. Everyone knows what's coming. They know what's coming. You know what's coming. The fans, everyone watching on TV, and you got to be able to get it done in that scenario and. The speed isn't going to help you. Yeah. I'll, ask, so, I'll, I'll read this last one because so many people are commenting on it today. At what point does BV cut bait with Deshaun White and let Canick play? He will make mistakes, but he has a much better upside. Um, I don't know. I, I, my, my concern isn't necessarily – I, am I missing something? Where's the play where everyone's all upset about Deshaun White? He missed a tackle. Uh, I feel like it was in the second half. It was it was a one on one with Adrian Martinez. I feel like, and he he basically whiffed on it. But I hey, that was going to happen. Yeah, Pe- people I, made and, and maybe it's right. I'm not saying that it's 100 percent wrong, but a lot of people made their mind that Canick should be playing a lot more, if not starting, after what they saw in Lincoln. Oh, you mean whenever he missed uh, Casey Thompson, whenever he was unblocked, untouched, like that is when they made the decision? Yeah, that or the uh, recovered fumble he had, first play of the third quarter. One of those two. But you know what I'm saying? Like, And, and I don't mean to, to like bring that up and, and try and slam Canick, but you just watch the same exact thing happen to him, and I – we're just going to memory hole that and blast the guy that's played five years of football. I I just I don't know that that's the the answer. Now I will say this. I wouldn't expect 
mechanic to replace Deshaun White. But I wouldn't be surprised if the move wasn't Deshaun White bumps inside to play inside backer, and you'd maybe see some Canick play some Cheetah with Deshaun White playing on the inside. Yeah, no, I I think that's Like, the the real problem in that game wasn't Deshaun White at Cheetah. It was our fits and our pass coverage and mental bust and just mistakes left and right by the inside backers. Uh, Canick had 10 tackles and a forced and recovered fumble. Yeah, he's going to make mistakes, but his playmaking ability is the upside. Fair point, and and everyone has a different opinion of Dylan Gabriel. And look, man, it's whether you think that he was really good on Saturday or really bad. This is your quarterback moving forward. Uh, there, there's not a legitimate. Oh, yeah. There's not a, and there won't. I don't think there will be a legitimate quarterback battle uh, on the team this year. He's, no. he's your QB one. No no, 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 no. Anything but like he's no. There anything but. And I, I hate that I feel like I've been put in a position where I'm, like, like speaking against Canick. I'm not. I like. I don't. I think the kid is going to be all world. I do, but like, there's always this. The, the thought is always. It, I mean, it it never changes with the fan base. It's always instantly that the coaches are morons and there's the player that's going to save the day for us is standing on the sideline, you know? And I do, do you think that anyone over there is in the business of getting beat by Kansas State so they can keep uh, a guy that's going to end up being a, a an All-American on the sideline, like to prove a point? No. Hey, and hey, and I think it's fair to say that Canick played well against Nebraska, and that maybe he should play more. But Deshaun White played well against Nebraska too. It's not that he like he had a bunch of crappy performances going into this game, and it's not like he's the only one that maybe didn't play well. Like that old defense played poorly. Yeah, like I, of all the people that I, whenever I watched it back, that I looked at that played poorly. I mean. Deshaun White, I'm not sitting here saying he played great. I, like, I don't think anyone necessarily played good. It, it would have been really tough. I mean, Canick would not have repl- replicated Saturday what he did in Lincoln. With the way that the defensive line was kind of getting pushed around, that would have been really tough for him. Maybe he goes in and makes a play or two. I, I guess we don't know that. But I just don't think he would have rolled in there, had ten tackles and a forced fumble, and saved the day defensively. Uh, and I keep saying this, and and you know, and everyone's made it up in their mind that there's – there's a quick, easy answer, and it's just take one guy out and put another guy in is going to be the fix. It's just it doesn't go like that. But um, you know, I I still like, what we saw out there was mental mistakes. That's what it was. I know everyone wants to say, well, we couldn't tackle. We couldn't tackle because we we're in the wrong position because of mental mistakes and not playing the defense properly. And I don't believe taking more inexperience and putting it out there is the answer to that. Athletically, I totally agree. The kid is he's, he's probably the best athlete that we've got right now. Just don't know that he's ready. And if he is ready, guess what? Venables will put him out there and he will not hesitate for a second. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Final hour rolls on next.
the Riverwind Casino and Hotel bringing you this hour of the rush on a reaction Monday. Uh, there's always going to be hype for OU Texas, but uh, after both teams losing on a Saturday, both squads now in pretty uh, critical situations. Texas got West Virginia at home on Saturday. OU's at TCU. In case you haven't heard, least surprising news you'll hear all day long. OU Texas in 11 a.m. kick on ABC. How about this, though? Texas just 1-7 in their last eight Big 12 games. Now, when you think about last year, it's not all that surprising. But Texas 1-7. Sark 1-7 in his last eight uh, conference games. Yep. Sorry, I had my mic off. The uh, Russian armored tank division was oh, just rolling by. I wanted to hear it so bad. <laughs> That's a shame. Yeah, uh, man. I in, And I said this going into the week, or into the weekend rather, that I know everyone's all, all uh, amped up about Quinn Ewers and how Texas played against Alabama, but... I still don't think they're any good until I until I see some type of consistent like the the way they played against Alabama. That's not a new thing that we've seen from Texas. We actually see it firsthand every year, and then you know we saw it against Louisiana State in nineteen and in Georgia in the Sugar Bowl. Like they will show up against the top teams in the country for whatever reason. It's the week by week where they they have some serious trouble. So. I'm still where I've always been with Texas. I until I see them do something consistently, I just I I think they're the exact same as as they've been. Now, um, as far as the OU Texas game, dog fight. It's going to be ready. a dog fight. You're right, and I we need a. We need a get-right performance before we head into the Cotton And you Bowl. know what? And that's what the next two weeks, that's the opportunity it provides. You know, yeah. it's if you win those two games, I really think everyone will take a deep breath and say, all right, that was a really disappointing setback, and I'm not okay with what happened that day, but you kind of regrouped. You get past this tough initial stretch. You beat Kansas at home, and then you kind of look to that last half of the season. That's a difficult stretch, too. You know, you, you come out of that first tough stretch with just one loss. But it is absolutely fair to say that what we thought the schedule was going to be before the year and what we thought it was going to be is relatively manageable. I think it's fair to say this this schedule is much more difficult than what we thought it was going to be, at least well, in the conference side of it. Boy, I, I don't think there's I don't think there's any doubt about that. But if if we play our best football, I have no doubt that we can navigate it. And we haven't seen our best football yet. We've seen Hope them in, in some short burst play some really good complementary football with all three phases. But we haven't seen them put together that four-quarter game with all phases firing and against an opponent where you can actually take something from it, you know? And I and I don't mean to, to act like um like I think Kent State is I think they're a good opponent, but it's hard to take anything from it. I mean I know everyone's looking at what they did against Georgia, but you know, you just you, you can't necessarily take anything from that. Like Nebraska I mean you can take more from that, but the situation they were in it's it's still not much. 
like our first opportunity to really see where we were, we played I mentally, specifically on defense, the worst game that we've played. Yep. I forget about getting whipped at the point of attack, forget about like whiffing on tackles or any of that stuff, getting out physical. Like just like getting lined up and fitting the place properly, that's where you have to like. That's the baseline. You have to do that first, and then you have to win with technique, physicality, toughness, effort, all of those things. Like the the guarantee has to be that you have eleven guys in the right spot. Next two weeks, or uh, uh, I, I think they're unique spots in that you know Joey McGuire and Tech. They got to win this weekend that kind of signaled to everyone that this is a new staff, they're here. Like, that was kind of a – that was a statement win for Tech with the new staff, yeah. right? TCU has that exact same opportunity uh, on Saturday. Sonny Dykes, that new staff, they're 3-0, and but they really haven't beat anyone of note up to this point. This is their opportunity to kind of signal to the rest of the conference, hey, this new staff's going to figure it out. And then when you look at the Texas game, that's – Custer's last stand, man. If they are going to compete or even play for a Big 12 championship this year, they're going to have to beat OU. So, yeah. yes, it's absolutely. Our, our, our thoughts and opinions about this team can be dramatically different in two weeks from right now if you win those two games. But those two games are kind of unique opportunities for your opponents, the two teams you yep. face. Yeah, they are. That's right. That's true. Um I think every team is is Dan. I know we've talked about that, but Baylor's looks like they're starting to round back into form. I mean, they're going to be super tough. Iowa State, you know, I, I think they're I think they're pretty daggum good defensively. Uh, Decker's has some dog in him, but you know he's turning it over too much. Um, Kansas, we know what they've got, and their quarterback is is unbelievable right now. Are they still like the? Let's see, last week they were the number three offense in the country, scoring offense. Let's see what they are right now. It looks like they are, drum roll please, now they've been bumped out a little bit. Uh, they are, where are they? There's. Oh, I'm looking at total Don't look at Big12Sports.com or, or you're not going to find it. You know this already. They're number four. Do you know who the number one scoring offense in the country is? Uh, no, I mean, I guessed Ohio State with this a couple weeks ago. Uh, it was Tulsa last week, right? Is it still them? No, they, they were yards. I'm talking about scoring. It's Oklahoma State. Huh. Haven't played anyone, but 51 points a game. That Arkansas then, Pine Bluff game really helped. And they, yeah. didn't play, they didn't play last week, obviously. But, yeah, that right. game, that 63 points against Pine Bluff really helped. Yeah. Yeah, Tennessee, here's your number one. Uh, yards per game, offense in the country, 559 yards a game. What do you think? Are you coming around on t- – which they tried to lose that game. Did you see the end of that? I did <laughs> see the end of that where Florida recovered the onside kick. Oh and Tennessee actually got a really big break again today. Uh, I guess it's in two weeks the SEC came out with their kickoff times, and they've got that Bama A&M game in the prime, in the prime window. That's the weekend, like, I, I, CBS gets a uh, weekend where they get to have, like, two SEC games in one weekend, right? Yeah. But they picked 
Georgia, uh, Auburn over Tennessee night. at LSU. So Tennessee gets to go to Death Valley for an 11 a.m. game in a couple weeks. Yeah. It's a huge break for them. That is. That is. Uh, you think they take? You think they beat LSU? Um. Yeah, probably. <laughs> yes, I do. I don't think five and zero. Be five and zero hosting Alabama. Woo! All right, which, I declared him back, which you know he should, probably should not have done, but he said Rocky Top is back, baby. Which, by the way, Bama's got a tough one. Well, seemingly a tough one at Arkansas this weekend. Bama's still a seventeen-point favorite at a top twenty team this weekend. Right, here comes the armored division. Oh, I hear it. Here we go. Boom. Uh, nice. <laughs> you can really hear that thing when it hits that it hits that bump that's right there. That's uh, great. All right, we're late for a timeout. Quick break. More from the rush coming up. Couple of segments left on a Monday. Reaction Monday. Hit the text on 651-3439. Let us know what you think. Game. Text line has been uh, popping all day long with some of them here. So, who was the spy on the third and 16 play near the end of the game? Which, all you got to say is third and 16 play. Everyone knows exactly what you're talking about. Um, I'm not exactly sure. Um, but Venable says that whoever was the spy was not in position. And I have to agree, considering there's no spy visible. Um, based on the way that the formation is and um, the way we're lined up and what we're doing, the only thing I can think of is it's either it's either Stutzman or Guaybu. Uh, um, yeah, is that it? Yeah, but I, I don't I don't exactly know. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Your show is so stupid. Talk bad about other teams, yet OU is terrible. Appreciate it. 40% of this show is making fun of other teams, yes. Yeah. Thank you for, uh, thank you for getting that. Yeah, no kidding. Of course it is. Uh, well, that, that's what I'm saying, not, not them. That's, that's the percentage yeah. that I'm putting it at. And 50% of that 40% is Texas, and the other 50% is Texas A&M. Yeah, so. yeah, and they're <laughs> – Texas is giving us some content. A&M will give us some content, I think, starting next week. I, I think a uh, loss at Mississippi State is looming for the old Ags, and I can't wait for it. Now, I'll tell you, on that play, I think it's just a, it's just a hunch, but I think both Stutzman and Aguebu are both spy players. Yeah. But I don't know for sure. Uh, did we get outcoached as bad as we got outplayed? Thoughts on plays called... Jay Hall and B. Willis on the podcast on the Prairie seem to think OU coaches got way outcoached by Kansas State. Ah, did they actually say that? I'll go back and listen to that. Be the judge of that. Boy, I hope they didn't say I don't, that. I, I have a hard time thinking that Braden Willis went on there and been like, God, we got just totally outcoached by K-State. I don't know, man. I <laughs> See, this is – and this is where I always end up getting – pissed and hate this job because like we always want a quick easy solution like oh we got out coached 
I don't know, dude. If I can sit here on every single play defensively and point out a bust by a player, I I don't think that you can uh, say you got out coached, right? Like there has to be, and, and coaches are always going to say it's on us. We got to get these guys prepared. We got to do better. Like you know, whatever, like like whatever that phrasing is. But to just suggest that it's a bad scheme whenever the players are making mental mistakes in the scheme is so dumb, and it well, infuriates it's just, the hell out. It's of just me. a lazy take. I mean. Uh, Sometimes it is true. So, yes, sometimes, and there have definitely been times where OU's lost and have been out coaching the game. But not all the time is that necessarily true. It's almost like the, uh, and I'm sure you heard this line on Saturday, well, K-State just wanted it more. And again, that, that has been true probably at times in the past. But every time you lose a game, you can't just automatically say, they got out coached and the other team wanted it more. Sometimes there's a little bit more to it than just that. Well, you know, and... It depends what wanted it more means. If wanted it more means all week we're laser focused in practice to understand their assignments and any questions they had, they took it to the coach and they uh, they diagrammed it, drew it up, walked through it, um, you know, took it upon themselves to maybe call an extra meeting or two to where they iron out any of the problems that they've had throughout the week. Um, you know, continued up until kickoff to make sure that we're dialed in on everything that we're doing. Hey, coach, this fit, I'm having trouble with it when we're in this coverage. Uh, like, I'm not understanding it. Like, if, if that's what you mean by wanting it more is throughout the preparation for a game, they're going through all of that, well, then, okay, I will agree that that's what wanting it more means. Absolutely. Uh, they didn't say anything about getting out coached. That's on the text line. Yeah, I didn't I didn't think so. Uh, Ukwebu equals and terrible. Which reminds me of the other thing that I hate about this job is whenever you say nothing of the sort and someone takes it and runs with it to say that, oh, they're saying they got out coached whenever you didn't say anything like that. You know what I mean? Well, I got one of those tweets uh, yesterday. And I, hey, I appreciate everyone for listening to the postgame show and interacting first off. But it was, hey, guys, love the postgame show, but you guys are way off. The defense was the main culprit as to why they lost the game on Saturday. But she was like, well, yes, that's exactly what we put it like 70-30 on the defense. It's exactly what we said. So, yeah, I, I feel you. Right. Um, all right, final timeout. Let's hit one more break. Come back, wrap things up. Keep hitting the text. Six five one three four three nine. We're at Newcastle Casino today. We'll be back. Monday. It is the rush. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman. You'll be sitting alongside. Britt Vittable's here in a couple of hours, and yeah. um, I'm guessing the tone is going to be that we'll see how this team responds, we're confident that they will. Heck, maybe he even views it as an opportunity for this team, right? Right, right, yeah, I think so. Um, what he say won't be defined by this game, will be defined on how we respond to this game, and I think that's I think that's true. Um, I mean, I, I expect to bounce back. I think that 
we know that they're capable of way better play than that, and you know we'll just have to uh, have to see what they put out there. What do you think? Anything that you want me to ask, Coach? Um, anything? Uh, yes, ask him about the boomer debate that's been going on today, <laughs> and say it yes. like that if you can, please. That'd be I'll, fantastic. I'll ask him about that. I'll ask him about some personnel stuff. Um, I'll ask him about um, if if they got out coached, um, which he'll say yes. Ask him well, what I mean, Bill Snyder text, texted him after the game. This handwritten time note, yeah, uh, from from Coach Snyder. That's funny. Yeah, I don't know, man.